Well, hey, and welcome to the Quad City Podcast, where we are on mission to make more and better disciples of Jesus everywhere, always. We're so glad you're joining us in that today. Well, before we dive into today's sermon, would you do me a quick favor? Would you go ahead and open your app store and search Quad City Christian Church? Download our app because it's the best way to stay connected with what's happening here at Quad City. If you're new joining us for the first time, click that new here form as we'd love to reach out and connect with you. You could also submit prayer requests and even give on that same app. It's the best way to stay connected here at Quad City. Well, hey, now that that's out of the way, let's go ahead and dive into our sermon from Sunday. We hope you enjoy. Jason. I'm one of the pastors here, and we are honored that you have chosen to start your week off by worshiping with us here at Quad City Christian Church. I want to welcome all of those who are joining us online from whenever and wherever you are. So grateful to have you as a part of the Quad City family, and look forward to the day where you come and join us at one of our campuses and experience what it means to worship with us in 3D. So uh, love to have you here. I want to welcome in all of those who are at Prescott Valley today. We're so glad that you are here. Um, I get so much joy every week hearing what God is doing in your midst. I'm so grateful to have you as a part of that. And also want to welcome all of those who are in the room here in Prescott today. Uh, so grateful to have you with us. Um, if you have your Bibles, and I encourage you to bring your Bibles, go ahead and turn them on or turn them to Luke chapter 8. That's where we're going to be today, Luke chapter 8. Uh, We're going to be continuing this series that we started last week, where we're going to spend the next uh, several weeks working our way through some of the parables of Jesus. So we kicked it off last week, but we didn't dive into a specific parable last week, but we did a a little bit of teaching about the overall use of parables by Jesus. And one of the biggest things that we learned last week was that Jesus, when he told parables, he didn't use these as like, sermon story illustrations like pastors do today where you make a point and then you tell a story to illustrate the point. That's not what Jesus did. Jesus used parables not to reveal truth, not to make his uh, truth more accessible, more understandable. He actually used parables to conceal truth. And we're actually going to see that in the parable that we look at today. So we're going to look at a parable that today that he tells and nobody understands what it means. Like even his closest disciples did not understand the parable. They had to come up to him later and say, what did that mean? Okay, and so that's what we're going to do today. And I'm going to start simply by reading the parable. Now, here's what I, here's what I know. Many of you have been in church for a while. You grew up in church or you have a family history with church. So you've heard this story before. And not only have you heard it, you've heard pastors preach on this story before. But here's what I'm going to ask you to do as best you can. All of us, I want to ask you to try to imagine that you are hearing this story for the very first time. I want you to try to imagine that you are in the crowd this day when Jesus first tells this story. 
Now, I know for some of you, you're like, that's easy because I ain't ever heard any of Jesus' stories. So, so glad that you're here. This will be an easy assignment for you. But for those of you who have been around a little while, I want you to try to, to, to imagine that you're in the crowd. You're standing on the shore. Jesus has just jumped into a boat, kind of pushed off of the shore, and he tells this story. And you're hearing it for the very first time. You've come to hear Jesus teach. And when Jesus teaches, here's what he says to you. He says, while a large crowd was gathering and the people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told them this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up, yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. When he said this, he called out, Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. The end. Like, that's it. That's the story. Now, again, I, I want you to try imagining that you, you got up, you heard Jesus was in the town next door. And so you gathered your family up and you said, we got to go hear this guy. And so you gather your family and you march them four miles to go hear Jesus teach in the next town over. And you're so excited to hear him. And this is what you get. Like, this is the story. I want you to imagine, because it's not as if the story's confusing. Like, you get the story. Like, if you're living in an agrarian society, you understand the story. You get it. You can see it in your mind's eye. There's a farmer, and he's got a big sling around his chest, a big pouch full of seed. And the farmer grabs the seed, and he, literally the word is broadcasts. The seed, he's taking a handful and just throwing it out all over his land. Now, for us in America, we look at that and think, that's kind of wasteful. Like, who would do that? Because, again, if you ever grew up in the Midwest, you've been to Kansas or Illinois or Nebraska or Iowa, you know, that's not how they do farming, right? It's a highly technical event. Like, you got GPS on every tractor, Because you don't want to waste seed. Literally, you have your lines, GPS. You're tracking it in live time as your tractor goes across this way. And you make sure that when you come back, you're not putting seed where you already put seed. And you're not driving your tractor over the seed that you just... It's like GPS the whole way. And it's all down to a science. This is not how you do seed. But but imagine in a world where... We can do that in America because you've got lots of land. But imagine you're this farmer and your field is about a third of the size of the room that you're in right now. I mean, you, you don't have, and it's terraced on a hillside. Like, you don't, you don't have extra space. You want to just get as much seed on the ground as you can. So most of the people, Jesus listens, they get the story. You, you don't have... You don't have the opportunity to be picky about where you're putting your seed. You're just casting it out anywhere and everywhere, knowing that some of the seed isn't going to make it. Some of it is not going to end up producing. But it's worth, it's worth throwing the seed out 
anywhere and everywhere, just in case it just happens, even on the off chance that it sprouts, it will produce a crop a hundredfold of the seed that you put out. So it's worth losing some seed. Just cast it out wherever you can because you're going to get it back a hundred times over. And so you're standing there and you've, you, you get it. You get the story. That, that part is easy, but, but what's the point? Like, what's he trying to say? What's he trying to teach? What, what's the point? What are you trying to say to us, Jesus? Why, why, the, why the lesson in agriculture? Like, if I wanted a lesson on farming, I wouldn't come to hear a carpenter. What, what are we doing? What does this even mean? He's talking about seeds and soil. What does this have to do with anything? No one knows. Imagine, just for a moment, that you're standing here and you hear this story. And I happen to fall down from space into that moment as you hear this story. And I lean over to you and I ask you, what do you think that story was about? First time you heard it, you think you could tell me? Think you get it? No, I'll answer it for you. No. How do I know you don't know? Because the disciples didn't get it. They didn't understand it. And so, Jesus tells the parable to the crowd, and then he leaves. The disciples come up to him later. His disciples ask him what this meant. Jesus, what's the point? Jesus responds, this is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing... They fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked out. They are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. But the seed on the good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. So Jesus tells this parable. The disciples come up and say, what was that about? What does that even mean? Why are you talking about seeds and soil? What are you trying to say? And again, we learned last week that Jesus would tell parables to conceal the truth from the crowds, but would often reveal the truth to his disciples. Lucky for us, they wrote it down. And the first thing Jesus says when he's explaining the parable, he says, you just need to know the seed. It's not really about seed. It's not about corn or wheat or whatever. Actually, what we're talking about is the spreading of the word of God. That that farmer who's casting out seed, who's broadcasting, he's, he's casting the gospel, the good news of the kingdom. The seed is the message of Jesus. And that seed was meant to go out. It was meant to be spread. It was meant to be broadcast indiscriminately. That it should go out anywhere and everywhere. Here's what I know about many of us. 
The natural tendency for us is to share the gospel, to cast out the seed in places where we have a pretty high probability of seeing it produce fruit. Like you got some friends in your life and you've shared the fact that you're a Christian with them because you feel like they're open to it. And then you got some other people in your life and you say, well, they're not really church kind of people, so you never share it. And there's this thing in us that says, well, we, we don't want to just waste it. We don't want to throw it out and see it be rejected because that would be like us being rejected. Nobody wants that. And so we wait until the time is right and we have conversations and we, we kind of feel them out. And if the soil is right and the sun's just right and there's moisture in the ground, if all the conditions are optimal, and then we'll feel at ease enough to share our faith. But just like the farmer who's willing to broadcast his seed, knowing, knowing that not all of it is going to produce fruit, it is worth the risk. Because if it does, if, if there's just a small sliver of a chance that under imperfect conditions, the word goes out and it happens to produce fruit in a place we didn't see it coming, oh, it is so worth it. Because the return on that is a hundredfold. It'll have eternal implications that may last for generations in a family. It's worth it. Even when a seed falls in places where it's not optimal, it's, risk, it's worth the risk to lose some seed because of the gain if it happens to take, take root. So, so, so the seed goes out and the farmer's broadcasting it. And it's going anywhere and everywhere, which means that it's going to fall, Jesus says, in the lives of all different kinds of people. Specifically, he lists four. And when the seed falls, it's not always going to have the same effect. It's not always going to produce the same fruit. And what determines if the seed is going to take root and produce fruit? How do you know? What determines? It's the soil. It's the heart, Jesus is going to tell us, the heart of the people that the word falls on. As we're about to see, Jesus gives us Four different types of hearts, four different types of soil, four different types of people. It's a picture of our heart. And Jesus gives us an explanation for all four. So let's walk through them real quick together. Here's the first one. Jesus said, those along the path are the ones who hear. And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So he says, sometimes the seed falls along the path, the ground in the farm, in the field that has been trampled on over and over and over again, where the, where the soil is so compact, it's like concrete at this point, and the seed never has a chance to penetrate. It never has a chance to produce fruit. And the issue isn't that the word isn't shared. I mean, this is not like people in another world who never get a chance to hear the word. That's not the case here. He says the path are the ones who hear. They hear it. It's not as if the, the, the word has been kept from them. No, no, no. They have heard it. It is there for the taking. But, but their hearts are so trampled down, so compacted, so hardened 
Their hearts are like a sidewalk. And try as you may, it does not matter how much seed gets thrown onto the sidewalk, it's never going to produce fruit. In the parable, Jesus says, the birds come down and pluck the seed off the path. But but in his explanation of the parable, Jesus tells his disciples, it's not really about birds. Talking about birds. Actually, what I'm talking about is that the devil comes. The devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts. And the fact that Jesus said this tells us at least two things. One is that Jesus believed that the devil is real. It's amazing to me that we have so many people who call themselves Christians who want to believe in Jesus, but poo-poo the fact that there could be the devil. Jesus believed that the devil was real, that he was active and working. What this also tells us is that, that every time the word goes out, Every time the seed is broadcast, every time the gospel is shared, it is an act of spiritual warfare. That when the word goes out, the enemy comes in because he wants to steal the word from the hearts before it has a chance to penetrate and change a life. The sharing of the word is an act of spiritual warfare. And right now, in this moment, there is a spiritual battle going on, even now as the word goes out. Right now. Because the enemy wants nothing more than for the word to bounce off of your heart like a seed on a sidewalk. For it to be snatched away and never get a chance to take root. That's his desire. And the sad truth is, in our midst today, he will be successful. The issue isn't with the sower, and the issue isn't with the seed. The sower and the seed are the same all throughout the parable. The issue isn't with the sower or the seed. The issue is with the soil, with the condition of the hearts of those who are receiving the word. It's hardened for some. And if that's you, more than anything else today, your prayer should be a pleading for the Lord to soften in you what years of sin and self-righteousness have hardened. So that as the seed falls, it has a place to take root and produce fruit. Because unless and until the word of God falls on a heart and it takes root and produces fruit, unless and until that happens, there is not a chance for you to believe and be saved. Seeds on a sidewalk, seeds that are just heard, the word that is just heard has no power to save. So that's the first that's the first people. Here's the second. Those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy. And when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. 
There's another group in there called the rocky soil. When you hear rocky soil, don't think about soil that has a bunch of rocks on the top of it. No self-respecting farmer is going to leave rocks in his field. All the rocks you see are going to pull them out. That's what you do. The rocky soil, though, is soil that from the top, it looks good. It looks clean. It's got, there is a good layer of topsoil. But the problem is, two inches below, three inches below, five inches below, there's bedrock. We live in the mountains. We understand this. you got a little bit of topsoil, but not very far below it, there is rock. And so when the seed falls onto that topsoil, it germinates quickly, and it begins to sprout up in a hurry. In fact, the rocky soil kind of people, they are the ones whose life looks change the most. It produces the most growth up top that you can see. It's faster than anything. That's what happens with seed that falls in rocky soil. Why? Because seed that falls in regular soil, all, all of the energy at first goes down to producing roots, not fruit. It's what's happening below, not above. But if there's no chance for the roots to go down, then all of the energy from the seed, all of the growth goes up because there's nothing that can go down. And so from the outside, it looks as if, man, they are changed. Look at the growth in their life. They hear the word and they receive it with joy. They are so excited. God is at work. He sees, these are people who are so excited. This is what happens at, at things like a church camp or a conference. This is what happens on an on a Easter Sunday and you hear the message. There's an emotional moment and you hear the word and you are so excited you want to see God do something, they accept it, they receive it with joy. And they cry, and they hug, and they're baptized, and they are in. Jesus says, they believe, like this is real. This isn't fake, it is genuine. They believe. For a while. They believe. For a while. There's a problem. And the problem is right under the soil, there's a layer of rock that keeps the seed from going down and taking root. And then the hot sun comes out and the harsh winds begin to blow and the moisture is sucked from the soil and the plant begins to fade. Something bad happens. A time of testing. Something happens. A loved one dies. You get cancer. You lose your job. You go through a divorce. Your child gets leukemia. Your husband cheats on you. Your college buddies mock you. Your friends turn their back on you. A tragedy strikes your family. Something happens. A time of testing comes. I don't know what that would look like for you, but whatever you think the bad thing would be for you, that's what happens. And, and when it happens, in that moment, there's this thing in you that, that begins to question, why would God let this happen? If God is all good and all powerful, if there is an all good, all powerful God, this thing wouldn't happen to me. And I'm not sure it's worth following him anymore. And Jesus says, these people, they fall away. They fall away. 
Jesus says they, they believe for a little while. For a little while. They believe as long as it's convenient. They believe as long as everything is going the way that they think it should. They believe as long as everything makes sense to them. They believe as long as it's easy, they are in. But Jesus said, when the time of testing comes, they fall away. When the bad things happen, their faith shrivels up like a daisy in the desert. Because their faith has no roots. Here's the third. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. This is seed that falls on good ground, like it's good ground. It looks just like the good soil. The only issue with this is. There are already other seeds in the ground. There's already other seeds there. And verse 7 says, all of those seeds begin to grow up together. They all grow up at the same time. But what happens is the word of God eventually gets choked out by all of the other seeds that are growing with it. It's like a planter with too many plants. And all of the plants in the planter are competing for the same airspace, the same sunshine, the same moisture, the same fertilizer, the same nutrients. And there are too many plants for all of them to survive. Jesus says these people, they hear the word and they go away from hearing the word and they believe it, they want it. But the problem is their life is already crowded. It's already preoccupied. Their life is already consumed with, Jesus says, life's worries, riches, and pleasures. Worries, riches, and pleasures. They hear the message of Jesus. They say they want it, but their focus is on all the stuff of this world. It's on the worries. I mean, there's lots to worry about. They're worried about their kids. They're worried about their savings account. They're worried about their health. They're worried about their relationships. They're worried about their grades. They're worried about their businesses. They're worried about their schooling. They're worried about their parents. They're worried about all the things this life gives us to worry about. And there's lots. And it isn't just the worries that are growing. Jesus says, you know what else is growing? The pursuit of riches. The pursuit of riches. They're, they're focused on getting the latest and greatest of whatever you want the latest and greatest of. The latest car or truck or toy with a motor. They're, they're pursuing another comma in the savings account, more clothes in the closet, an upgraded phone, an upgraded kitchen, an upgraded RV. They're focused on their retirement accounts, the stock market, the business plan, the bottom line. And there's a lot of time and energy that are used focusing, pursuing, growing these things. And then on top of that, Jesus says, besides the worries and the riches, there also there's a pursuit of the pleasures of this life. And when you think about the pleasures of this life, don't think about necessarily bad things. These could be good things. 
I mean, God gives us pleasure to be enjoyed in this life. They are gifts from God that reflect his glory. They are from us. All good things comes down to us from the Father of heavenly lights. They are good things that God gives us. The pursuit of pleasures are getting in the way, though, of the growing of the word of God in us. And I don't know what that pleasure for you may be. Maybe it's your kids' sports. Maybe it's the family trips. Because, hey, we want to we be a family that's making memories for our children. That's a good thing, right? We want to uh, we, we take weekend getaways with my spouse because I want to build a marriage that's going to last. Those are good things, right? Maybe it's hunting. Maybe it's uh, pickleball or tennis or hiking or biking or off-roading or whatever is the thing that you think of when you think, these are the things that I enjoy that make life pleasurable. Whatever you think about those things, that's what he's talking about. And they're not bad things. These people are not bad people. They're busy people. They're not bad people. Just busy people. And all of this stuff is trying to grow up in the same place and at the same time. The issue is that we, we claim we want Jesus and then we fill our lives with all of these other things and something eventually will get choked out. And we end up pursuing the gifts more than we pursue the giver of the gifts. We want the gifts more than we want the giver. And Jesus says, is what ends up happening is the word that is planted in your life never is never going to come to maturity, which is the point of putting a seed in the ground. What's the point of planting a seed if it doesn't produce fruit? If it doesn't mature? What's, what's the point? What good is it? And again, if you've been around church world for very long, you've seen this. You've seen it. You've seen it when the person who, who you know claims to have faith, but their faith looks no different now than it did 10 years ago. Looks no different than it did 20 years ago. For some of you, it was 50 years ago. They said they made a decision when they were nine, but there's no fruit of it in their life today. It, it doesn't look any different from from 50 years ago, because Jesus says they, they do not mature. They can't. They can't. All of this other stuff in their life grew. Their understanding of the stock market grew. The list of people they've dated grew. The dimensions of their TV grew. The number of fuzzy heads mounted on their wall grew. The square footage of their house grew. Their waistline grew. The number of amazing pictures from their vacations on their cell phone that will never get printed grew. Their CrossFit PR grew. Their athletic skills grew. There were lots of things in their life that have grown, but the fruit of the gospel in their life never did. Because it got choked out. And you can step back from their life and you can look and you can see what it was in their life that was given all the attention. What got the sunshine, what got the water, what got the time, what got the energy, what got the nutrients. You can see the fruit of what got fed. And it wasn't Jesus. There is a final option. 
But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. This is the last option. There is good soil. There are those who hear the gospel, who hear the word, and they say, oh my goodness, yes. I want it. I want it. It comes into their life and it takes root and it begins to grow and it produces fruit. And the way that you know is that it ultimately multiplies. It produces a hundred times what was sown. It multiplies in their life. But I want you to, to, to see what it takes for that to happen. Please don't miss this today. In the good soil, it says, look, there are some, it's good soil, and it's those of a noble and good heart who hear the word. And when it falls on the good soil, how does it, what, what does it take for that seed in good soil to produce fruit? What do they have to do? Here's what has to happen. They have a good heart, they hear the word, and they retain it. They retain it. They're like, I want it. I'm going to hang on to this. There's a lot of other stuff in my life, and it can go, and they can go, and she can go, and that can go. I don't care if all of this, but I will not let this go. They retain it. Because it matters. And then after they retain it, look what Jesus says. And by, what's this word? Even PV, what, what is this word? Say it out loud. By persevering. It produces a crop. In other words, even when seed falls on good soil, it doesn't just spring to life all on its own. You have to persevere. Even in the good soil, it's going to take work to see that seed produce fruit. You have to persevere. Why would Jesus use the word persevere? The only thing you got to, the only reason you got to persevere is when you're doing something that makes you want to quit. You don't have to persevere in the easy things. You've got to persevere in the hard things. The only reason you have to persevere is when you want to throw in the towel and walk away. And that will happen even when the seed falls on good soil. You've got to retain it and you've got to persevere. And when you do, when you do, then it will produce fruit a hundred times what was sown. Jesus ends the parable with this. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. This is the invitation from Jesus to us. Do you have ears to hear? Then let them hear. Then examine what he's telling you right now and determine what do you need to do next. It's a chance for us to look at these four and say, which, which of these four match my heart today? There's four options. There's the hard path, the rocky soil, the thorny ground, and the good soil. Which one of these best describes you? And I want to give you this warning today. Don't just casually assume you're number four. Because you're here today. The chances of everybody in this ecclesia today being number four is nil. 
Don't assume you're number four. Because that's, again, that's what we all assume. That's what we all want. But it's highly unlikely. It's a whole lot more likely that there are some right now at Quad City Christian Church and you are like the hard path and the word of God right now in this moment is bouncing off your heart like seeds on a sidewalk. And Satan is swooping in in this moment to say, you don't have to worry about this. This ain't about you. It's likely that there are some of you and you're like the rocky soil. And your faith today is as strong as, as the next storm. And when it comes and when it goes, your faith will go with it. I think the biggest group among us today is probably this thorny ground. I think it's probably the, the majority of the American Christian culture fits into category number three. It's seed among the thorns. We're no doubt we would say that we want Jesus, we want him, but we want everything else too. We want all the stuff that this world has to offer. And so, because we want Jesus and everything else, our life is so full. It is consumed with the worries and the riches and the pleasures of this life. And eventually, Jesus gets choked out. Jesus' invitation to us is he who has ears to hear. Let them hear. Let me end with this verse from Hosea chapter 10. God says, sow righteousness for yourselves and reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground for it is time to seek the Lord until he comes. That's the invitation for us today. You want to have the seed, take root, produce fruit. It's time to plow up the unplowed ground so that when the seed falls into our life, It produces fruit. It is time to seek the Lord until he comes. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would do your work through your spirit among your people today. That this word would not fall on hard hearts, but we would all be receptive. Reveal to us the places in our own soul where we have hardened our hearts Reveal to us the things that we've allowed to creep in and begin to choke out what we say is most important so that our faith produce fruit that multiplies in our life and in those around us. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. And thank you so much for joining us today here at the Quad City Podcast. Hey, our desire is that we would each look more and more like Jesus every day, week, month, and year. And we know that that doesn't just come from learning more about him and his word, but by actually applying it to our lives today. We hope that you take this message that you heard today and apply it to your life in a way that makes you honor him. Well, thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to download the Quad City app and we will see you again next time.